lives. And, um, you know, we have appointments, appointments with doctors, appointments with dentists, uh, maybe, I don't know, a good friend, you have a, an appointment to get together for lunch or for coffee. We, uh, to keep a good marriage, you need to schedule date nights, don't you, with your spouse. So you, you can have that time with your honey. And, and uh, with our kids, we have appointments to pick them up after school, and if we don't, boy, they let us know about it, because generally speaking, we have another appointment after that appointment to take them maybe to, oh, I don't know, football practice, or maybe music lessons, or swimming lessons, or something like that. So our lives are busy, and there's no doubt we have important meetings uh, with coworkers, clients, and schedules. It's, it's all a series of events that constitutes our lives, Right? And one thing I've discovered, and maybe, maybe this has never happened to you, <laughs> but if I miss an appointment, generally speaking, I have to reschedule that. And in rescheduling it, oftentimes there's hassle involved with that. And not only that, but generally speaking, you're wasting the other person's time and whom you had the appointment with. So you have egg on your face for missing it, right? Is anybody with me this morning on this? Okay, just nod your head every once in a while. Let me know that you're, you're tracking, okay. So, however, how many of you know that it's one thing to have an appointment with another person, and it is totally another thing to have an appointment with Almighty God? To have an appointment with Him. As Jesus came to Jerusalem to celebrate Passover, for the final time during His earthly ministry, because as we know, he became the Paschal Lamb who would hang on that cross to redeem us from all of our sins. And as Jesus is coming to Jerusalem, he weeps uncontrollably. And it says in Luke chapter 19, verses 41 through 44, he said this to the children of Israel, If you had known even you, He's speaking of the present generation. Those that he had taught every time he came into the synagogue. Those that he performed works of glory to show them that he truly was the Messiah. Healing people, delivering people. Amen. Bringing the acceptable year of the Lord. He said to them, especially in, the, in your day, the things that make you Make for your peace, excuse me, in other words, or make for your wholeness, your shalom. But now they are hidden from your eyes. For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an, uh, an embankment around you, surround you, and close you in on every side, and level you and your children within you to the ground. And they will not leave in you one stone upon another. Why was he saying this? He concludes by saying this, and listen carefully, church. Because you did not know the time of your visitation. Father, I pray that you would anoint my lips today to convey this message that you want us to hear, this timely message, my God. And may you receive all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as I read through the Gospels, <laughs> I put myself right in there. Do you ever do that when you're reading something? You just kind of, uh, you want to be a character in that storyline. And, and every time I read the Gospels and I, and I see all the wonderful things that Jesus was doing, 
casting out devils, healing people, uh, just showing love and showing the love of God. I, I keep thinking to myself, you guys, why are you so dense? Can't you see the one that you have been crying out for, for generation after generation after generation? Your Redeemer, the one that's bringing Jubilee to you. Can you not see that he's right before you? And then I, I kind of pause for a moment to pray, and I go, Jesus, may I never miss my personal time of visitation with you. It's one thing to have an appointment with another person, but it's totally a different thing. It's a life-transforming event, you understand. When you have a time of visitation, when you have an appointment with Almighty God, when he personally comes into your life and he changes everything in your life. For many of us, that's when we came to the place of the cross where we realized that we were sinners and that we needed a Savior and that Jesus Christ was the only way, the truth, and the life. And we opened up our hearts and we said, Lord, forgive us. Come into our hearts. Be Lord of our lives. But how many you know that there are more visitations there are more encounters that our living God wants to have with us. For after all, how can you have a personal, vibrant, dynamic relationship with someone unless you spend time with them? Hallelujah. Jesus wasn't hiding. He wasn't hiding the fact to that generation that he was Messiah. Everything he said, everything he did, revealed his Messiahship. Turn with me to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, we know this portion of Scripture. Jesus, he was tempted of the devil, was he not? For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted. The devil came to him on that mountain, and he tried to get him to, to humble himself and, and, and uh, you know, accept the devil as his Lord, in essence. Of course, he didn't do that, and praise God, he didn't. For he said it was written, it is written, it is said. And then he came out of that wilderness full of the power of God. The ne very next thing he does, starting in verse 16 of Luke chapter 4, he came to Nazareth where he had, he had been brought up. His, so this was his, his own hometown. He went back to the beginning again. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those that are oppressed, Listen to this, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Because our Lord Jesus Christ is our jubilee. Yes. Then he closed the book. And he gave it back to the attendant. And then he did something that no other rabbi had ever done. He sat down. Why was that important? Because whenever someone would sit down... They were indicating that what they just read had already been fulfilled. It was already done. It was their way of saying, amen. 
In the eyes of, those, of all that were in the synagogue, they were fixed on him, fixed on Jesus. And he began to say to them, today the scripture is fulfilled in your heart, in your hearing. So not only did he sit down, but then he verbally said, listen, I just fulfilled what I just read to you in Isaiah chapter 61. And you have to understand the Jewish culture. The Jewish calendar was a cycle of seven. And they kept track of that. And when they got to the seventh year, it was called a Shemitah year. And it followed then the 50th year, which was called a Jubilee year. And the Jews always believed from creation all the way up to this time where Jesus came into the temple that their Messiah would come on a Jubilee year. Jesus came on a Jubilee year. When he read that scripture in Isaiah, speaking of the Messiah coming. And he said, it's been fulfilled now, what I just told you. And yet, still, they could not accept the fact that their time of visitation, their appointment with God, was right in front of them. Hmm. The Feast of the Lord. I gave you a handout. I have graphics I could have put on the screen, but I didn't bring my laptop, so I had to do it the old-fashioned way. I actually had a copy, and you actually have paper in front of you. Is that okay? Are you okay with paper? I hope you're not offended by paper. So, I know we're in such a digital age. But the Feast of the Lord are God's divine appointments with man. In the Scripture, they're called the Feast of the Lord. They're not called the Feast of the Jews. They're called the Feast of the Lord. There are seven of them, and all seven are listed in the book of Leviticus, chapter 23. I'm not going to go into every one. In particular, we wouldn't have time today. But these appointments of God are when God comes and intersects with human history. In Leviticus, chapter 23, verses 1 and 2, we read, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, and say to them, The feast of the Lord which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations. And that word convocation just means meeting, gathering, coming together. These are holy uh, appointments with God. He said, these are my feast. And so you have them on your piece of paper here. There are seven of them. The feasts are celebrated in two seasons. You'll see the two distinctions right there in that diagram. The divisions between the spring feast and the fall feast relate to the two appearances of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. The spring feast occurred during his first coming. The fall feast have yet to be fulfilled. They will be fulfilled when Jesus comes back again the second time. Jesus, for instance, he was crucified on Passover. That's the feast to the far left on that diagram. Jesus was laid in the tomb on unleavened bread. Jesus was seen alive at the feast of first fruits. How many of you know he's the first fruits of all of our righteousness? The church was born on Pentecost, hallelujah, and today, prophetically speaking, we're still living in Pentecost. We're living in this dispensation called grace. It's also called the church age. And all the fall feasts, the Feast of Trumpets, as we call Rosh Hashanah, the Day of Atonement, or Yom Kippur, and Tabernacles called Sukkot, are the fall feasts that have yet to be fulfilled. Amen. 
the Feast of Trumpets is the blowing of the shofar. We need to get used to hearing that shofar. Because let me tell you something. The scripture is very clear that it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 51 and 52, Paul had a revelation of Jesus Christ fulfilling this feast. And he said, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to be changed. Come on, you guys. And in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, I listen, it's not that you guys need a makeover, okay? You're beautiful. But how you know, I want a glorified body. How about you? I want to be like Jesus. And it's the only way we're going to get into heaven. You're not going to get into heaven looking the way you do, even though you're beautiful. God's got a different way of doing it. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 16 and 17, we know this. For the Lord himself will, will descend from heaven with just a little sound. <laughs> no, it, it says with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will be raised first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. So you're still tracking with me. We have two more feasts on this diagram here in the fall. The next one then, uh, following the catching away or the rapture of the church, then we enter into what's called the seven-year tribulation period. And this points to the days of awe. This is, this is a shadow of the days of awe coming up. How many know during those seven years of tribulation, it starts out kind of mild, but three and a half years into it, it's called the Great Tribulation. And literally all hell breaks loose. It's going to be a time of awe. And not in a good way. You think things are bad right now? They're nothing like they're going to be. Hallelujah. And God, it's not your appointment unto wrath. Your appointment in Christ Jesus is not to that period. I know some of you might not agree with me, but when I look through Scripture, it's not the nature of God to bring wrath upon those whom he loves. He brings chastisement, yes, to correct us because he loves us, but this wrath is something else. This is totally demonic. He also tells us he'll never leave us nor forsake us. The only way, the only way this wrath can come is if the one who's restraining him, the Holy Spirit, is taken up. Well, the Holy Spirit's with us right now. Amen. So when the Holy Spirit's taken up, that means we got to be taken up too. It's going to be the power of the Holy Ghost that's going to lift us up out of this air to, to, to meet the Lord in the air. Yeah. Okay. So, anyway, the Feast of Tabernacles then is a picture of the millennial reign. It's a season of joy and rejoicing. Now, as I told you before, I'm so excited that the Miracle Prayer Walk is happening today on Rosh Hashanah, because normally it's always held on Saturdays. For This will be the eighth year. For seven years prior to this, it's always been on a Saturday. But because we had the wedding, you see, I convinced, I convinced uh, Sister Eileen to move it to Sunday, and then we realized, look what Sunday it is. There's no coincidences with God. God's got everything perfectly planned. Don't you know it? Say amen, somebody. Amen. And so 
we see that. We, we see that God is, is, is doing amazing work. And the other thing that really, really excites me is Franklin Graham is coming right in the middle of the days of awe. We've been praying for revival, church. God has this all planned. But I really want you to take these 10 days seriously. I really do. They are so very important to God. So look at your neighbor and say, okay, I will. Say, I'm not going to miss my time of visitation with the Lord. Tell him I'm going to keep my appointment with him. No matter what. Because you know what? If we don't. Oh, oh I got to save it to the end. I got I to save it to the end. I don't want to miss my appointment with God. Let's just leave it at that for right now. Amen. So what is this new year all about? 5,783. The Hebrew alphabet is amazing. And God is so purpose, purposeful in everything that he does. In the Hebrew alphabet, they, they not only have characters, but they also have, like we have in our alphabet, but they have pictures to represent their, their, the characters in their alphabet. So it's like a pictogram, okay? Not only that, but they also put numerical value behind each one of their Hebrew characters, right? It's called gematria, and it's how it's associated. There's number values to every, everything. So when we look at the year 5783, which starts at sunset tonight, that's the Hebrew year, okay? We're in the Gregorian calendar, which, of course, we're in 2022, and in January, we'll all get excited because it's a new year. But I get more excited about God's new year than I do the, the, the Roman calendar uh, year. And this year is going to be the year of the Gideon remnant. And I'm not going to be able to get into Gideon today. We'll have to maybe cover that next Sunday. But you see here, we're in the decade of 80, which is pay. I mentioned that earlier, which speaks at the mouth. And the third character here is um, Gamel. And it means, or yeah, I think that's how you say it, like fall. So it's, it represents three. And it's written this way, with a vav, the vav right here. And it has, it has a vod on the bottom. And it actually comes from the, the root word, Gamal. Say Gamal. Gamal means to deal with or to wean off of something. It means to deal with or to wean off of something. And so um, this indicates the nature or the connotation of that letter Gamal. And it could lead to either one of two things. It can lead to either judgment, say judgment, or it could lead to blessing, say blessing. Which one do you want? Come on, I think we all want blessing, right? So, what, what, what's happening is, this year, there's going to be coming judgment to the world and to the false church. We have seen nothing but nonsense in the world, haven't we? We've seen nothing but nonsense in the church. I'm so tired of the church, the nonsense that I see in the church, and I'm not coming against any of you. You're beautiful. 
but some of the nonsense that I see with other pastors in this city, it's crazy. I had a meeting this past Thursday, and this was with our roundtable ones, the guys that want revival. And I'm sitting there, and we're talking about having a community Thanksgiving service. And everybody's fighting over what day to have it and what time and all this. I'm just going, and who's going to do what? I'm just going, you guys, you're getting back into the old mindset again. This isn't fun anymore. I, and I knew that we had that meeting here Thursday night. I had a ton of things to do. I said, I'm sorry, I got to go. I said, I love you guys, see you later. <laughs> and I walked out the door. But it, it, it's, God is bringing us to a place he is the righteous one. And he's coming to those that are humble in spirit. How many of you know that Jesus Christ is the righteous one? Amen. And he's coming and he's bowing to those that haven't thrown in the towel. Those that haven't given up. How many of you know that even though we're in this world, we're not of it? Even though because we walk after the spirit, we don't walk after the letter of the law, Right? There's no condemnation, and sin therefore does not have dominion over us. But how you know sometimes we do fall victims to that sin nature, right? God's not mad at you as long as you keep getting back up, as long as you don't stay down. It says in Proverbs, a righteous man, although he falls seven times, the Lord lifts him up. Amen. And in the Hebrew alphabet, they read from the right to the left, okay? So what I wrote here in Hebrew, the best I knew how, and Mrs. Gunderson, if she was alive today, my third grade teacher, she'd be probably not real happy with me. I flunked penmanship, cursive writing. See, we had that back then in school, cursive writing. And my, my penmanship was so bad, she kept me in for recess. That's why I never became really good at kickball. But anyway... They start from the right and they go to the left. So we have the gamel here, represented down there. We have the dalit next to it. We have the ahin. We have the vav and the nun. They all have numerical value behind it. And next week I'll get into that with you, what that all means. It's 133 if you add it up. But as you look at this year, I'm just going to tell you this for now. If we read it from right to left, this is what prophetically, using gematria, using the Hebrew alphabet and putting uh, value, numerical value on what it means, it means this, the righteous one, which is Jesus Christ, is bowing down to the impoverished one, the humble in spirit. To ahin means to see, to see or behold. Vav is always a connector, their breakthrough. Jesus Christ, our righteous Savior and Lord. He's bowing down to the impoverished, the humble in spirit, the one that hasn't given up. They've been beaten up, but they haven't given up. The world has criticized you and put you down and said, oh, God, where's your God? Come on. But you stayed true. You stayed faithful, remnant church. And now he's allowing you to see or behold now because 50 means breakthrough. And that's what noon means, is 50. 50 is breakthrough, your breakthrough. I'm telling you this next year, tonight, starting at sunset, you are going to see some dynamic things happen around you. 
you're going to see some crazy things happen around the world. We're going to see judgment on the ungodly. We're going to see things happen. Don't be, don't be shocked. It's going to happen. But for the righteous, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, your breakthrough, God's going to cause you to see your breakthrough. And he needs to allow us to see the breakthrough because everything we get from God comes through the vehicle called faith. And without faith, we are not going to see. If we're so focused and all this junk around us, that's all we're going to see and that's all we're going to get. That's why the Lord told me recently, listen, stop being Martha. Quit being so distracted. Quit being so anxious about everything that's happening around you. Don't worry about all that junk. Choose the better part, the good part, and that's to sit at the feet of Jesus, the righteous one. Because, oh, Lord, I hope I'm doing a good job with this. The, when you put these two, the, the gamil and the dalit together, it represents three legs. You got one leg here, one leg here, and one leg there. Three in the Bible always re repre represents stability. If you want to have a stool you want to sit on, you want a three-legged stool. How many you know that if you want to have all that God has, you need to come to God in his wholeness? He's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. How many know the Bible says a three-stranded cord is not easily broken? How many also know that it also says in Scripture that out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be confirmed? So I'm telling you, because they read from the right to the left, the righteous one is bending towards us. And he's pouring into, the, into us that are humble in spirit. An increased unction of the Holy Ghost. He's pouring into us a renewed hope that things can be better. He's pouring into us that have chronic sicknesses and diseases. Child, you don't have to have this. That doesn't define you. Amen. And he's going to bring you to that place where you're going to see and behold only that promise that he has specifically for you. There's coming judgment to the world and, false, and to the false church. These churches that are opposing Franklin Graham coming, I love the brothers and sisters in those churches, but I fear for them because God is taking notice. He's taking notice of what people are doing right now, especially his children. And it's not his desire that any perish. He wants the best for all of us. But how many know it says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 17, for the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first... What will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? We've come out of, oh, right now, even yet today, and for a few more hours, we're in the year of 82. 82, as you know, was the year of Bet, because that's number two in the Hebrew alphabet is Bet, B-E-T, and that, that meant habitation. For this past year, we've been in a habitation with the Lord. The Lord has been calling us and beckoning us to come and get alone with him for this whole year in preparation for this. Because what's going to happen, and I'll get into it next week, 
He's going to teach all of us how to fight. And not fight in the, listen to me, not fight in the flesh, but fight in the spirit. There's something I really want to share, but I, I don't think I can share it because we're streaming right now. Remind me when we get done, okay? Remind me when we get off this thing. So, God's bringing his blessings for those who are willing to fight for him. Are you willing to fight for God? Are you willing to contend for the promises that he has for you? Are you willing to contend for the promises he has for your family? Are you ready to contend for the promises he has for this city, this state, and this nation? Are you ready to contend? Because God's bringing us to this place. And he has been weeding out. He has been separating the wheat from the chaff. The goats from the sheep. The wise virgins from the foolish ones. God has been taking notice. And he's about ready to show his hand on this whole thing. He's been working behind the scenes. He's been doing so much work, we just don't even realize it. But there's a war in the spirit coming like we've never seen before. It, again, if we could just unzip the spiritual realm right here this morning, and we could all see in the spiritual realm, you would, it would just totally amaze you, the demons and the angels and what's going on, and how everything's getting set up for this big showdown, because Armageddon is coming. I mean, this inflation that we're receiving right, this, that we have right now, unprecedented inflation, we haven't seen this in a long, long time. It's just a mirror, you know. Uh, I think it's the third seal in the book of Revelation when everything, inflation becomes really, really bad. This apostate that we're seeing in the church right now, this falling away where people just are so indifferent about the things of God, this is just a shadow of even something worse that's going to be coming down the road. The lawlessness and rebellion that we see is just a shadow of something that's even worse coming down. But I don't want to leave you. <laughs> I don't want to leave you in a sad state thinking that, no, this is all done and we're just going to throw in the towel. No. Because I'm telling you, if you will answer the call to be one of Gideon's 300 mighty men and women of valor, I am telling you, listen to me, and you stay alert in the spirit and you're constantly in his presence, I am, you're going to see things. You're, you're going to be in awe of how God's going to use you in this season. Amen. Amen. All right, let's talk about the days of awe, and then I'm going to let you go. Are you still with me? Amen. The days of awe, what are they? Again, this is a review for some of you. But it's a time of transition and change. It's not time to copy old patterns and old mindsets. It begins... Again, today, with the Feast of Trumpets, it's a new year spiritually in God's eyes. It's a moment of holiness and power. What you, what you sow during these sacred ten days, as Mehdi mentioned to us, these holy days will determine the direction for the coming year. The ongoing theme of the Days of Awe is the concept that God has books. Say books. And in these books, he has each one of our names written in them. And he writes... He writes four things in this book. Number one, he writes in this book your name, 
whether you're going to live this year or not. Secondly, he writes who's going to die this year. He writes who will have a good life this year. And then fourthly, who's going to have a bad life. This is what the Jews believe. These books are written on Rosh Hashanah. So this afternoon, they're written. But our actions during the days of awe can alter the outcome during those 10 days. And there are three actions, as Mehdi mentioned. Number one, repentance. Say repentance. Number two, prayer. And number three, good deeds or charity. In other words, you're not selfish. You think of other people during these 10 days. These books are then sealed on the most holy day, 10 days later, on the Day of Atonement or Yom Kippur. And the common greeting that Jews have during this season, they go up to each other and they say this, may you be inscribed and sealed for a good year. That's their greeting to one another. The theme during the 10 days of awe is really holiness and and sacredness. Rosh Hashanah means the head of the year. Many of the uh, the Jewish tradition is that it's the very day when creation, when God created the earth. And so that's why they keep saying that this is the new year. The Hebrew calendar, as I told you, it operates on seven-year cycles. And then it's a jubilee. And many are speculating that this, at sunset tonight, could be a jubilee year. And they believe Messiah will come on the jubilee year. No one knows for sure. Only the Father knows, right? No, even the Son doesn't know when Father God's going to say, go back and get your bride. Amen. But if it is, just think with me just for a moment. If it is a jubilee year, and looking at what I just told you, the year 5,783 means, could it be? And if not, the return of Jesus... Could it be a year of tremendous transfer of wealth? Now, when I say wealth, if you have any religion in you, you're just thinking money. It's more than just money. Transfer of wealth in a jubilee year means anything that the devil's taken from you is given back to you. Come on, somebody. So if you have a chronic sickness or disease, the devil took that from you because God's not the author of that sickness or disease. He's the giver of life. Make your declaration. I'm getting that declaration out, and I want you to declare healing and health over your body. It's yours. And this is your year for it. I was talking to somebody that recently, and this, this person, uh, they need medications uh, because of a chronic disease. And the thought is, well, what happens if I can't get those medications? I could probably die. I'm believing in this church that everybody that's dependent on medications, God's going to heal you supernaturally and you will not need those medications. Why? Because Gamal, it deals with or to wean off. God is bringing us to a place where he's weaning us off all dependence on medication, all dependence on other people, all dependence on government, All dependence on everything. Our only dependence is going to be on Jesus Christ and him alone, the righteous one. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory, is it not? 
And so I truly believe, I truly believe this year is going to be a year. We're going to see supernatural healings and deliverances. We are going to, God's weaning us off of all that junk. All the religious junk that we've picked up that we think God's got to do this or do that before I can get this or get that. No, God is, is reaching towards us right now. And he's going to pour into us everything that we need. I thought you'd be more excited about that than that. But as I told you, I'm going to leave this with you. The Jews believe, some of them believe, that Messiah is coming tonight or tomorrow because they don't know. There's, on their Jewish calendars, it goes by a, a lunar calendar, so they don't always agree whether um, Tishri 1, which is the next month after this month that we're in, as the, during the 10 days of all, the first day is Tishri 1, they disagree sometimes on when that happens, so there's always two days. It depends on which Jewish calendar you look at, okay? So, isn't that neat? No one knows the time or hour. Not only that, but since 70 AD, we read about it earlier when Jesus wept over Jerusalem. He was talking about the day when no stone was going to be left upon another. That's when Tiberius came and he totally annihilated Jerusalem. The temple was destroyed. And when the temple was destroyed, then all the records were destroyed. So now they're just speculating when Jubilee years are. But a majority of them believe that. And this, this rabbi says this. Um, this came from BibleFocus.net. So take it for what it's worth. But he says this rabbi fish um, has informed me that the next year, 5,783, will be a jubilee year and will usher in the Messiah. Today, in the absence of a fully functioning supreme Jewish court known as a Sanhedrin, the Jewish community in Israel uh, neither marks nor observes the jubilee year. Rabbi Fish cited Rabbi Ivron, um, and he says, quote, Every seven years since the creation of the world has been a Shabbat. Every seven years since the creation of the world has been the Shemitah. He noted that if the Hebrew year is divisible by seven, then it is a Shemitah year. This year, for example, is 5,782. This is written in January of this year, which is the 826th Shemitah year since the creation of the world. Similarly, the Jubilee is the first year of the next Shemitah cycle. This has been true since creation. This year is 5,782 divided by 49 equals precisely 118. So next year is the 118th Jubilee since the creation of the world. The rabbis teach that Messiah comes in the, first, in the year following a Shemitah, but they also teach that a Shemitah year will bring wars. And when you look at this year, remember I told you two things are going to happen? There's going to be judgment, that'd be wars, or blessing. So, whatever the case may be, how many you know that if there ever was a time that we need to get our hearts right with the Lord, it's right now. We don't have tomorrow. Today is the day of salvation. Amen. And our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ, is so loving and so long-suffering. He's right there, and he's just saying, come on. I have an appointment with you, child. I want to meet with you. Don't miss this appointment. Because if you miss this appointment, it'll be a hassle to get to the second appointment. Yeah, you'll have to go through the tribulation period 
and it's probably not going to be very fun. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Bow your heads with me. Father, we thank you and we praise you, God, for what you're doing in our midst. It's truly amazing. You are a God. Uh, you are a God of such vast knowledge and wisdom, so precise and intentional. Thank you for allowing us to live at this time in all of history. Father, I bless every person in this house. May their names be sealed and inscribed for a good year. And right now, with every eye closed, every head bowed, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, even those watching by way of internet, if you've never come to that place where you recognize that you're a sinner and that you need a Savior, let me tell you, today is that day. God has an appointment with you. It's not an accident that you're watching this right now. Please, please come and accept his love in his son Jesus Christ who died on that cross for you. All you have to do is just ask him to forgive you of your sins and to come into your heart. Or those of you that have done that, but you're not walking with God. Why don't you make the decision to recommit your heart to him today? So right now, if that's anyone in this place today, or if you're watching by way of the internet, why don't you just lift your hand to him right now? You're lifting your hand. It's a sign of surrender. Hallelujah. Come on, everybody in this house, why don't you pray? Because I know there's somebody out there watching that's just gave their heart to the Lord. Repeat this prayer after me. Say, Father God, in the name of Jesus, please forgive me of all of my sins. I recognize that Jesus Christ went to the cross for me. Thank you for saving me. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Be Lord of my life. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. And may, my, and may this year be sealed and inscribed as a good one. Not only for this year, but until you call me home. In Jesus' name, amen. Those of you who watched and you made that decision, please let us know. We'd like to pray with you and just send out a little book to help you in your walk. Amen. Well, you guys have an awesome week. Uh, come to prayer when you can. Amen.